Hello and happy Tuesday evening to you all. I'm fresh off watching the Toronto Maple Leafs take a 3-2 series lead. Could this be the year that they win their first playoff series in almost two decades? Probably not, but the, the, the theater in that series is absolutely spectacular. For today's episode, I'm bringing back Rachel Nones of the Hockey Writers to discuss the series. And yes, it is not a game recap episode. So again, I am pulling out all of the stops for the Penguins to hopefully win this series. I picked against them <clears throat> going into this. I said Rangers 7. Yes, it is possible. Yes, I still think it very well could happen. Right now, the Penguins are up three games to one. I'm bringing on Rachel, not after a game recap. Usually when that happens, the Rangers win. Again, I am a very superstitious person. That is how I roll. I'm going to wear the same outfit for tomorrow night as I did for game four and as I did for game three. That is me. And, you know, the playoff period starting to come back in a little bit of form. But for today's episode, again, Rachel Nones talking adjustments for game five and everything in between right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LR Penguins. And joining me now again is Rachel Nones of the Hockey Writers. And as I said in my intro this time, it is not a game recap episode. I am trying to pull out all the stops here and be very superstitious for the Penguins to potentially win this series on Wednesday night. Um, you know, Rachel, we'll just we'll just get right into it. Um, this series, you know, I, I said before this, I did not take the Penguins. I thought they were going, they were cooked going into this. They did not have their legs. All of a sudden, you know, they win game one, they drop game two. And then they just activate a kill switch, basically, these next two games. And they're playing, like, the 2016 and 2017 Penguins. And, like, they're shot out of the cannon. They chase Shesterk in both games. Ten goals in three periods. Very Pecorine-like uh, from 2017 for everyone that, of course, that watched that Stanley Cup final. You know, what has been, you know, the big deciding factor for you so far in this series between these two teams? Because I don't think anyone saw it going the way it has so far through four games. I think the Rangers just are really having a hard time finding the consistency that they need. And when you're a playoff team, there's a lot of things that are going to need to stay consistent. So uh, from game one, you kind of knew that they needed to play a full game, a full 60 minutes. And obviously they didn't do that. So when you don't like the result from game one, you definitely need to change things going into game two. But from from the first game, they just needed to keep it simple, and, and they just weren't doing that. So they're still passing way too much. And, you know, they're at a point where it's just like it's too simple. Like, they're not doing any of the right things. And, you know, it was hard for them to do the right things to begin with, and they're just – they've dropped so much. I mean, things as basic as the physicality. Now you compare that last game to the first game. There's no physicality from the Rangers anymore. And I don't know if it's a matter of injury – or they're just scared with the officiating and how that's going to go, what kind of bounce they're going to get. But you don't need that in a playoff series. You can't, I mean, injury aside, you can't let officiating or things like that. I don't know if it's a stamina thing. I mean, a lot of people 
aren't really giving credit to this team. I don't think they're completely backing down, but it's also their first time that they're in a playoff series. You have a lot of guys. It's their first time in a playoff series, especially Igor Shesterkin. And he's not playing horrible, but he's not getting the help that he needs either from the defense. And they're just not doing any of the right things that they need to do. And it's not only are the Rangers not playing as well, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are just playing playing good. They're playing really solid. They're playing a full 60-minute effort, and the Rangers just aren't doing that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think, you know, Shesterkin obviously is going to win the Vezna. Should be top four to five in every person's heart trophy ballot. Yes, I understand I'm probably going to get a lot of Igor comments on my YouTube page after this episode, as I have been for the previous two days. I fully respect all of you all. Um, please, for the love of God, do not post the clip of him doing this to Mark Friedman and all the Penguins mouthing off and all that. Keep that in your back pocket. The Penguins win this series, you know, then you can go all bullocks and out there. I don't need to see everyone being overconfident here, but you know, I, I mainly think Rachel, it's the team defense that is really letting him down. Um, they're they're the Penguins forecheck is dismantling them in ways that yeah, I, I haven't really seen the Penguins forecheck this good in probably four to five years. You know, Adam Fox, I think, is having a little bit of a rough series, which I didn't really expect. Um, Patrick Nemeth, I think, is the Rangers' version of Jack Johnson. I don't know why he's being iced at this point. And the Ryan Lindgren injury has definitely been a bit rough. Justin Braun, I don't really think is that good. You know, Schneider, it's his, he's a rookie. You don't really know what you're going to expect with him. It's mainly, I think, just been the Rangers' defense is getting bullied. And when Shesterkin is not playing God mode, which he has been most of the year when he was at 940, potentially almost 950 most nights, this is what happens when he's not Jesus Christ himself. And when the Rangers are getting outplayed and he he's getting all these all this traffic, you know, it's it's a it's a perfect storm for the Penguins to you know, I, I shouldn't say exploit, you know, him, but just exploit some bad team defense. And I think that also goes hand in hand with the Rangers just not having the puck enough in this series. You know, the Penguins, they're they're taking the puck below the goal line and they're bleeding like 40 to 50 seconds of the clock at the time and cycling and going low to high and, try, and getting deflections, which is what they did a lot in game four. I think that's been one of the main differences in this series for me is that you know they may, they've been able to change up some of their offensive tactics from the regular season, and I don't think Gallant has adjusted to it, or you know does does he even want to adjust to it um, at this point? So the tough thing with the lines and the matchups on the ice is that they they've just been so uneven. I mean, you have a defense who's not really pitching in defensively, and then your forwards aren't pitching in defensively. I mean, I don't think. Artemi Panarin's been great with the puck defensively this entire series. Mika Zibanejad, who's usually pretty good defensively, haven't really seen or can remember of any great play that he's made recently defensively. So, you know, when when you had guys that you could put up in the regular season against the Sid line and all of a sudden they're just not helping whatsoever, defense or forwards, it's just, it's tough. and And I don't know... This is a pretty interesting situation for Glant to coach such a young team in the postseason. Obviously, he has a postseason experience, but Pittsburgh's a tough playoff team. I, ha I mean, they have all that experience, and I think this is definitely a challenge for Glant. I don't want to say he was really gifted in Vegas, but he kind of was because they weren't like all these young players. You know, they did have some experience, but that's just, it's so hard to compare Glant, Vegas yeah. Glant, to what he's with now. So, <laughs> 
it's just tough. Uh, you know, you mentioned Nemeth and he's obviously having a very rough series, but the, the issue is, is that you have these replacements for him. You know, when Ryan Lindgren went out, you know, we have other guys that can step up and yet we're constantly seeing Nemeth. I thought for sure last night he was going to be benched and then to see him out there, it's just, it's frustrating already, but the Rangers have the luxury of not really having to worry about the defense. I mean, they've been pretty solid. They didn't really have injuries. We didn't miss Ryan Lindgren during the season. So, you know, he and Adam Fox were pretty much secured and we didn't have to worry about that. And then, you know, with Barkley Goudreau out, um, it was nice to see Dryden Hunt back in the lineup. I thought he actually played really well when he was in. Of course, he's not in anymore. So when you're missing Barkley Goudreau, who was acquired for this, and you're not really replacing him with somebody who's going to bring that physicality right there. That already gives you a disadvantage. So I kind of question a lot of the things that Gleewing, uh without even, you know, the line matchups with what's actually happening during the game. So in that aspect, I think a lot of people are calling for him to be fired. And I don't see that being impossible in the next two or three seasons. Yeah, I mean, I don't probably think the line. You know, he probably shouldn't. I mean, he's not going to be fired after this. I mean, he, they, 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 you know, they, they exceed the expectations. They got to the playoffs. They, you know, they, a lot of people expected them to win this series, and you know, they still very well made. The series is not close to over. You know, the Penguins have a grand opportunity in front of them on Wednesday to close the series out in five games. But I do agree, he's definitely not doing enough, and you know, that's going to be the first thing. You know, we touch on in the next segment, especially with regards to, you know, matching up against the Sydney Crosby line. But before we get to that, our partners, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NLF futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That is Bet Online where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on uh, Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Quick note, I'm a, you know, just want to shout everyone out who, you know, new listeners, longtime listeners. The show is number six overall in the United States today on Chartable, right up there with the big boys, the Spit and Chicklets, 32 Thoughts, Jeff Merrick Show. I uh, just can't thank everyone enough for supporting this podcast and, you know, just, you know, bringing it up all the way there. Now, I know, I know it's playoff time, you know, maybe some of the, the views will go down once the Penguins potentially get eliminated or, you know, just even if they win the Stanley Cup during the offseason. But, you know, I just really wanted to shout you all out for continuing to support this podcast and always tuning in to listen to me just talk my talk out of my ass for 30 minutes about this team. But, Rachel, the Sydney Crosby line, you know, they have absolutely torched the Rangers. It really hasn't mattered what Gallant has thrown at them. Um, I did see today that he's really not changing the lines, which is, I don't know if he wants to go down with his ship. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe he's hoping that this they can win this game, which is a very distinct possibility. Very distinct possibility. Hell, I think it's probably likely that they do win game five and then send it back to Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, what matchup would you look for to do their best against Crosby because, you know, game four, 90% of the expected goals. He has nine points in four games. Jake Gensel is also over a point per game. Brian Rust is also killing them. I mean, this, this line is single-handedly willing the Penguins to be within 60 minutes of winning this series. 
if you're Gallant, what do you do to slow them down, if anything? That's a great question. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't even know. I, I couldn't even say confidently the top line would be the way to go because, like I said, like you have, you know, Kreider, who's, you know, he would bring the speed to things. He would bring the physicality. He's a very strong player. Um, you have Zibanejad, who typically is good defensively, but even he's kind of dipped off. And then you have Frank Petrano. So, you know, I would say that's your most evenly matched line, but even still, that's scary to say. And I think that's going to have to be something to take into consideration when, you know, moves start happening and things like that, because there's just no way that you can enter another postseason series with this team. I mean, there's just no way. So that would be my best bet, I would say. It seems like to me like when Sullivan, just not to interrupt you, like when Sullivan is like, I think he's matching Crosby against the Benajet, and he's just eating his lunch, I feel like. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, not to pick on poor Mika. I mean, he's definitely had a rough series, but – um, it looks like he he looks helpless out there against it. And yeah, I don't think I, Gallant is doing anything about it. You know, he he keeps saying, I think, you know, we outrun all four lines. You know, I don't really care who I put out against the Crosby line. Well, you honestly should care because when they're out there, they have the puck basically every time in the offensive zone. Um, and just it's just the Rangers, when that Mika line is out there, they're not really getting any offense. Right. And, you know, I don't know if it's, an injury that Mika has that he's playing through or something like that. But I just, you know, he's definitely one of the guys that you can look for, for that, that defensive um, pitch in, but he's just not providing any of that. And I don't know. It's obvious. It's just not good enough. It's, it's good for the regular season of, as we've seen, but you get to a point where this just exposes a lot of weak areas that, we didn't see in the regular season and it's almost impossible to have foreseen when you're not really dealing with these things beforehand. So that's about as evenly as I can say. I mean, they don't obviously have a ton of options. I don't think that the bottom six is good enough to be trusted that much. Obviously, um, obviously depth's going to be super important to this team, but I just don't trust the bottom six that much. Uh, doesn't matter how physical they are. What do you think of, you know, the kids line so far in this series? You know, in my opinion, I think they've been the Rangers' best line. They, I know they're going out against Jeff Carter, who, you know, let's just face it. He's not what he once was. Yes, he has a couple of goals in this series. I'm, I'm going to look past that a little bit. He's not driving play when he's playing with Jason Zucker, when he has Brock McGinn there. Um, and the, and funny enough, Rachel, I think that is their – I think it's their third line. Um, if I'm not mistaken, outside of the Panarin, uh, Strom, Cop line and the Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider line, um, you know, it, it it looked like in Game Four they were playing with more passion, you know, more heart. And other than you know, how do I want to phrase this? They were playing with all of those you know characteristics way more than the big ticket guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba. Um, you know, I think you know that's going to have to be the way to go for the Rangers to get back in this series. But I also think, Rachel, you know, they got to have more out of those big ticket guys. Panarin has one goal in four games. I know he has four points, but to me, he doesn't look like himself yet. Knock on wood. Zabenichat, he has not done that much so far either. Knock on wood. Same with, you know, Ryan Strom. Andrew Kopp has a couple of goals. Kreider has gotten his. 
though they've neutralized him the best they can. And Frank Petrano, he has gotten his, but you know, last game he actually somehow did not score against the Penguins. You know, for them to get back in this series, would you say that the big ticket guys really have to get going here and somehow find a way through the Penguins' defensive structure? Yeah, I mean, people want to make that argument about lack of experience hurting the Rangers when, you know, maybe you can make that case for someone who has a role like Igor Shesterkin. But when you see the kids show up like that and they kind of just have a short memory with their shifts, I don't know if it's kind of a weird situation where it's like at that point, the veterans could have something to learn from the kids and they're just coming out, like you said, with just like more passion. Um, They just seem a lot more determined. I don't think they're as mentally beat up as the older guys. And you know, I, I could understand that because it's like at this point in your career, you know, you're so close to making a shot at the cup. I mean, again, they're ahead of schedule with this, how far they've gone this season, but it's like mentally, that's probably tough. But at the same time, you think that if they've made it this far in their career, they should have their mental game figured out a little bit more than the younger kids. But no, I think they look really good. And it's just interesting. Um, obviously, you know, they needed to show up in order for the team to do well, but you need the veteran guys to show up too. Um, when you don't have Kreider scoring on the power play, then you it's not a good sign whatsoever, especially when they've been as good as they have been. So, yeah, I mean, they need everything working for them at this point. Like you said, I don't think that it's unreasonable that the Rangers could win this game five. So um, it would take everybody pitching in for sure. Uh, we already know Igor Shesterkin's going to start again, which I think is definitely the right call, but you need, I mean, even Jacob Truba on defense. So, you know, yeah. he's really the only veteran at that point, but um, you just need those guys to be in it. And uh, I like what I've seen from like Lafreniere and, and Capo Caco. They look really pretty. They look pretty good. Yeah. You know, the kids, you know, I, I, again, I was listening to Nick Zararis and he posted his latest episode today and he said, you know, honestly, they look like on the only three players that were trying. It looks like even when the game was out of reach <clears throat> at this point, um, still more to get to for this episode for our final segment. Again, we're going to get into for the last segment, what the Rangers have to do to send this series back to the Berg for a game six and then potentially back to Madison square garden. God help us. If this series goes seven, I will not survive to say the least. Um, and you know, well, at that point, maybe Tristan Jari is ready to go, but I'd rather just hopefully penguins can do it, save him until round two, but, um, that's coming up right after this commercial break. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins. So, Rachel, I mean, you know, this is, you know, I, I know, I, since I know you, this is your first do or die elimination game. You know, I, I've said this on the show numerous times, and this holds true for any series. Fourth game is the hardest to win. The team is backing up against the wall. They're desperate. They're going to throw everything they have at you to make sure they go down without with that fight. But, you know, I can't help but wonder, Rachel, you know, that loss, it just was so demoralizing. You know, you know how are the Rangers going to show up for that game? You know, I know the crowd is going to be there. Madison Square Garden has been very raucous in the first couple of games for numerous reasons that we don't have to get into for this show. Um, but, you know, just how do they recover off a loss like that where you're not really changing up anything um, what do you ex- how do you expect the team to come out on Wednesday? 
I think they come out pretty well. I think that they know, you know, it kind of stinks that they're in this position. They've 100% caused it themselves, but maybe this is the wake-up call that they needed to finally get something going. Um, you know, I said it from the beginning of the series, they needed to stay up. They needed to be opportunistic and the pens aren't going to give them many chances. So they just have to kind of run with whatever they do give. So, you know, for this game ahead, maybe the pens come in a little lazy just because they do have that comfortable lead and maybe they underestimate the Rangers a little bit. I mean, that's kind of been like the whole tag long, the whole tagline of the Rangers all, all year long. Um, that they just kind of weren't taken so seriously and they ended up second in the Metro. So I don't know. I mean, I know the Rangers definitely underestimated some teams this season. So it's very possible that the Pens could do that. If so, the Rangers need to just run with that and take as much as they can. You definitely need Frank Petrano to come out and score. You need Chris Kreider. Obviously, he took that puck uh, last game, so I don't know what kind of shape he's necessarily in. But you just need them to kind of guide things like that. And and last game, when you have Lafreniere scoring first of the game and then first of the Rangers, too, um, that's something that you want to see. So I would say they definitely need to score first. Um, it's not going to be, like, the key to winning the game, but it's definitely going to help them. And they just need to pitch in front of Igor more. I mean, they can't leave him out to dry. The goals that he's facing or the goals that he's giving up, those are the hardest to stop if you're a goaltender. So I know that they worked on that kind of stuff a lot during practice today. He worked with their goaltender coach. So, you know, just again, it's just going back to the basics and things like that. So um, I think that's really the best chance that they're going to have. They need to stop passing. Um, they need to just start shooting at the net more. So in terms of that, all, it'll yeah, be more like Louis really, really Deming is back there. It's not God here, you know. We're not we're not having God in that. Just just, but just it's saying. It's so crazy. It's still crazy to me because look at how far he's gone this series, and look at the shot that he's faced and who's shooting. I mean, these are not just you know young, un- inexperienced guys. There's some good players on the Rangers, and they know how to shoot. They know how to place the puck and. And I don't think Louis Domingue's getting enough credit. I still don't think so. And I think that, I don't know if the Rangers are kind of underestimating him too. At this point, I think that's super unfair to do because look at how he's playing and look at the results. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the roles are reversed between the two goaltenders. So it's just, it's you just need to help him out in every in every opportunity that you can. Yeah, I mean, it is weird, you know, game four, 24 total shots, which is unheard of in a playoff game. And you have one high danger chance against an AHL fringe NHL goaltender. What 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 are we doing here? I mean, that's just uh, to me that's unacceptable. You have to pepper him more. I will say credit to the Penguins for playing a very good structure in front of him. They're not letting him um, see a lot of high danger chances in the series. That is the key for them. If Jamin can make the saves he's supposed to make and the Penguins can keep finishing on their chances, then they will have a good chance um, of winning this game on Wednesday and closing out the series and not having it go back um, to Pittsburgh. You know, you kind of basically answered um, my the, the last question I was going to ask you, Rachel, about you know what do the Rangers need to do to send this back to Pittsburgh? You know, I, I think I, I, it was basically the same question of you know like how are they going to come out? Um, on Wednesday, but you know, I mean, this should be you know a very interesting final one to three games. Um, this series has been very unpredictable so far. I am sure it has another surprise or two up its sleeve. Um, b- believe me, um, 
on that. Do you have any other final thoughts on this series? Any other observations that you've seen so far going into game five? I haven't seen a lot of people actually talk about Alexander Georgiev, who's obviously come in the last two times that Igor <clears throat> was yanked. And I thought he looked okay. I mean, you know, obviously he didn't close out the rest of the game without Gave up the any other goals. And yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, it's Alexander Georgiev still. But I, I thought he, he gave them a chance to at least kind of get some sort of a rebound, not necessarily tie the game up, but he put them in some sort of a position to kind of get any advantage that they could. And, and he definitely made some big saves. Um, so I, I just thought that was interesting that Georgie comes in and he looks pretty decent, but especially when the pens are just, I mean, you have pens goals up and down the lineup from defense, from, you know, everyone. So um, for Georgiev to uh, shut some of that down, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, I know some people were surprised that they're not going to Georgiev tomorrow. I mean, that's just waving the white flag to me. I mean, if you're going to start yeah. <clears throat> Alexander Georgiev, and he's fine, but you're not going to start your future Vesna winner in a must-win elimination game. Uh, that is just galaxy-braining it. You are deranged if you think Especially at the Garden. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that, that's just, again, you're quitting on your best player this year. That, at the end of the day, they were not going to do that. What they're going to do, they're going to try to extend this series. If they go down, if the captain goes down with the ship and they don't want to change the lines, that's that. That's their call. The Penguins, as Mike Sullivan's mantra is, they they, they just play. And there's a chance Ricard Raquel will be back tomorrow. Uh, said he was contact today, but Mike Sullivan said he has not been cleared yet. I'm sure he'll be at the morning skate tomorrow. Maybe he's a game time decision. Maybe they hold him out. Um, who knows? But, you know, Tristan Jari. He's continuing to progress and skate. He took more shots from Andy Kyoto today. 45 to about a 50-minute workout on the ice before practice. They're they're working him back. You know, again, I poked around a little bit, hoping for game six if it's necessary back in Pittsburgh. And that will be a nice time to return if, if there is, because you have your home crowd behind you. You don't have to go up in the garden. Um, for a potential raucous game seven. And like I said, God forbid it gets that far. I'm gonna knock on wood um here, but you know, it's again, it's been a series full of surprises, and we'll see. The Penguins will have their first chance to win a series since 2018, Wednesday night at the Garden. That was the Penguins' first game four win, also since 2018 against Philadelphia Flyers. They ended up winning that series in six games. Um, but Rachel, um, thank you so much for coming on. I am, you know, it's probably pretty likely we'll do a post series mortem on you know whoever win <laughs> this series, whether the Rangers come back and win three in a row, or the Penguins close this out Wednesday, Friday, or Sunday. Um, you know, who, who knows? Um, but, yeah, for the new people that are here, um, tell everyone where they can follow you on social media and where they can read your work. So I cover the Rangers at the Hockey Writers. Um, we have a great team of writers who cover all, cover all of the teams. So, um yeah, we do a lot of good Rangers content there. And then on Twitter, it's just at Rachel NHL. Yep. So go follow her content. She also does a good job of live tweeting the games, and I'm sure she will be doing that again tomorrow in a must-win game for the Rangers. So, you know, right now, Pitt and the Metropolitan Division uh, playoff bracket, Penguins up three games to one. Carolina, the Hurricanes up three games to two on the Bruins. Um, both teams one win away from playing each other in the first round, but knowing the NHL, it will probably just be Rangers Bruins or Rangers Canes <laughs> or something, but you know, we'll, we'll see um, in the second round. Um, that's still a few days away 
at this point. But thank you all so much for listening. Um, I'll be back on Wednesday with a full game recap episode. If the Penguins win, yes, I, I will be having another beer or two live right after the, the game ends. I will not hesitate to do that. I've done that a couple times. And again, yes, I have to wear the same outfit I wore in game four and game three. That's just, that, that's what we do here. That's 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 the superstitions here. But you know, we'll see. The Penguins have an opportunity to close this out. We'll see what this team is made of in terms of that killer instinct that we saw in 2016, 2017. Can't wait to see it. Be back with another episode Wednesday evening, and I'll talk to you all then.